You're listening to episode number 78 of the Brain BS Podcast, Random BS That Makes Me Nervous. Welcome to the Brain BS Podcast, the podcast where thought work, emotional processing, and divine intelligence come together to empower humans to master their brain BS and live their lives free of needless suffering. I am your host, Maureen Kaftis, a doctor of occupational therapy, a certified life coach, and an expert on brain BS. My mission is to motivate you to make your emotional mental health the number one priority in your life. I inspire you to look within, push past your fears, and understand that you alone are responsible for everything you create in your life. So let's get started on a journey of self-discovery that is going to lead you to where and who you truly want to be. Hello and welcome back to the Brain BS Podcast. I am here today. It's a sunny, beautiful day. It's not quite as hot. It's been a scorcher here the last couple of days, but it is much more bearable today. And I just got back from a walk, so I got my thoughts all together. So I'm going to do my podcast episode today. And um, as I actually was listening to the intro to my podcast, I also decided that I'm going to be changing that intro because I'm updating things, I'm elevating things, and I'm taking them to the next level. I'm really looking to get very clear that this is about mastering brain BS. There's multiple approaches to how you can do it, but you're not going to have a life that's peaceful, joyful, or fulfilling if you're full of brain BS and you're totally miserable. So no more needless suffering, people. I'll figure out the intro I like, and I'll be updating that this week. So today's episode, we're going to get right to it because there's a lot of it going on in my mind and in yours too, is random BS that makes us nervous. So it's, so, all right, let's, let me just differentiate what I mean by random BS, okay? Things make us nervous all the time. I mean, if we go to try to pass a driver's exam and we have to take a test, that could make us nervous. Or it could be that we have a big job interview that's super important to us. Or we're meeting with the lawyer and we're getting a divorce and we've got a lot of stuff going on, so we're trying to figure that out. Okay, that's not random BS. That's like legit BS that everybody acknowledges. We understand the ramifications of it. Many of us go on medication to deal with it. We get therapists, we get counselors, we get coaches. So that kind of BS is difficult to manage. It requires effort, but at least we know it's there. Okay? I'm talking about this petty, random brain BS that impacts us on a daily basis all day long, and we don't even know it's there. All right, so I'm going to give you some examples of that because I have a whole list here and it's in no specific order. So I'm going to, the first one is I had a new cleaning lady starting today with her husband. Very nice people. I really like them, but I was nervous about them coming for the first day of cleaning. Not because I had any reservations about them because I didn't and not because I didn't think I could handle my dogs with them which basil can be a little bit of a handful. So that was something I did consider. But it was just like this nervous energy that started to happen about a week ago, preparing for this day when they were coming. Um, Once I became aware of it, I was able to manage it a little bit better. But I'll talk about that a little bit more towards the end of the podcast. Right now, I just want to give you some ideas of what random um, brain BS is. And I'm sure you could give me some too. So another one is anytime I have to drive anywhere new. It doesn't matter where it is. 
It doesn't matter if there's a huge parking lot there. I've got my GPS. I'm all situated. I don't even have to go to the city. I mean, going to the city is even worse. Um, but I mean, I would venture to say actually that that kind of goes to, that's like less random when you have to go to the city. That's a big deal for a lot of people. So you would like prep for that one, you know, like you would for a test and stuff. You do a little prep for that one. But if you're just driving in the suburb somewhere, or you're going to someone's house for the first time. So it doesn't make me crazy nervous, but it makes me a little bit nervous. Um, this one's really weird. Ordering flowers. So whenever I order flowers for people, and I tend to do it, I mean, somewhat frequently, I guess, compared to the average person, I will send people flowers because I think it's a great way to surprise people and make them feel good. Well, I don't know if it's because one time I called and I was trying to do something and they couldn't find it and I got nervous and it got a little bit, um, the person on the phone got a little bit, uh, bitchy <laughs> um but whatever it was now every single time I call and order flowers I'm like oh I hope it's not that person I hope they don't answer the phone the way they did the last time and it's like in me for life right um another one is anything related to the IRS so I'm not talking, of course, right, if we are getting audited by the IRS or we're getting a letter that tells us something terrible, then of course we're going to be nervous about that. But I'm saying anything related to the IRS. My first thought is, oh my God, I hope this isn't something bad. And the only thing I can think of with this one is that it goes back to when I worked at the Marriott in the 80s and it was the first year that you had to claim your tips and that we were getting taxed and nobody like believed that it was even real or the Wade staff or the Marriott and none of us claimed our tips. We claimed like a dollar for the day or something just to cover ourselves. Well, I ended up getting audited and I had to pay money. So I'm sure that has something to do with my fear of the IRS and basically anything government wise. I'm always afraid I'm getting in trouble and I never even do anything illegal or bad. Um, okay, going to open play pickleball when we first started here and when that got going there on Wednesday mornings. I remember the one morning we were heading over there and I asked my husband, are you nervous? He's like, nervous? Why would I be nervous? And I'm like, I don't know. I am. I'm always nervous. Anytime I go to do something new or I don't know what to expect or I don't know what the people are going to be like, um, I get nervous. Uh, I'm going to be joining a group of ladies for pickleball tomorrow morning. I'm not feeling nervous about that because of all the work I've done, but I'll talk to you a little bit about that later. So let's see. Oh, yes. This is another one that used to make me nervous, but I'm better, and that's returning things. I used to hate to return things. I don't know if I felt like I was rejecting the item or I was rejecting the company, but I did not want to speak up. I didn't want to have to deal with the hassle. I didn't want to go back there and I did not want to tell them that I didn't like their product. I'm pretty sure that goes to people pleasing. Oh, this one's funny. And I don't think I'm alone with this one. When you go to a massage therapist and they're hurting you and you don't want to tell them because you know they're trying to do something nice for you. <laughs> Please tell me I'm not the only one that does this. I will sit there and let somebody do something, or I used to, let somebody do something, manipulate me, and massage me in ways that are quite uncomfortable or just bothersome. Oh my gosh, it's making me think of the one time that a friend of mine 
introduced me to a new massage therapist that I decided to try the for the first time. And honestly, I can say I never felt so violated in my entire life, but I sat through that whole damn massage because I hadn't done this work yet. I actually just sat there and it wasn't, it wasn't the person's fault, you know? I mean, I just, oh, I did not like it. I shouldn't have stayed there, but I did. So, that, but that's different, right? I'm just talking about like, you like the massage, you like the person, they're hurting you and you don't tell them. You just like take it or you don't feel like you want to give them negative feedback. Um, telling somebody no when they really want you to say yes. I think that's a tough one for all of us. I don't think we need, we give enough credence to that one about how it impacts our nervous system on a daily basis when you're constantly worried about saying no to people. I mean, think about it. Think about all the times people want something from you. How often do you say yes because you're afraid to say no? And then your nervous system kicks in in a different way because then it's resentment. Then you blame them for even asking you when the problem is really that you didn't tell them no. So let's see, what else do I got here? Oh my God, taking ginger and basil for walks in our neighborhood when every single little car or every single little kid has one of those little motorized cars now and they have like the motorized scooters. He goes insane with those things. He sounds like an orangutan and he goes absolutely nuts. So I pretty much have to prepare for that every day that we go out for a walk, but I've, I've been able to manage that too and I'll tell you how in a little bit um let's see oh well no i mean this one is not i this isn't really that random but it, it is random in how you receive it and how you might get it from unexpected places and people that you didn't expect it from and that's negative feedback and criticism um sometimes it it just surprises you who is um throwing that at you and then sometimes it's just astounding how Negative and, and mean people can be um, when it comes to uh, coaching and trying to help people and like they think that we're like these uh, predators out there looking, you know, for our prey and it's um it's very interesting so that is that, that can be big or small because sometimes it's just random where it comes from but i think basically none of us really like to hear anything too negative about us but if you can neutralize it and not make it personal and understand that everything that somebody says about you is really about them and their brain it helps a lot not being perfect is one um that's another one we don't give enough credence to because I'm telling you, almost everybody's walking around wanting to be perfect. Even those of us who claim that we don't want to try to be perfect. So when I started doing my podcast, I would always say, this is not a quest for perfection. I say it all the time now, and I really mean it. But before, it was just a disclaimer so that if anybody had anything to say bad about it, well, I told you it wasn't a quest for perfection. So it was a little manipulative the way I was presenting it I didn't know it at the time but that's a lot of stress when you feel like you have to be perfect all the time but because I mean here's the like do I really have to say this there is no such thing so there is no such thing as perfection and people who are trying to be one are perpetual self-doubters that's all you are you're addicted to criticizing yourself and doubting yourself so that causes stress whether you're aware of it or not technical glitches oh okay so technology i can't even tell you how it used to get me it was 
crazy. I would, I literally, my nervous system would go bonkers immediately when something went wrong technology wise. I was in flight or fright, wait, what is it? Fright or flight um, when it comes to technology. I would hit a button on the computer and if something happened, I would completely freak out, completely freak out, like on a regular basis. And let me talk, my husband saw me do that for years. I did not, you can't even recognize me with the computer now compared to how I was when I started in my 50s. It's, I think I'm going to call the decade of my 50s as a decade of technological growth. Because I went from not even knowing how to do a Microsoft Word document to getting a doctorate online and starting an online business. So yay for me, and I made a podcast, and I'm continuing to make a podcast. So another thing, and this one is one that um, a lot of people won't admit because they think that it's not right or it shouldn't be, but it's like when a lot of family time is coming up with adult children. <laughs> so if all of you are honest with yourself, you know what I'm talking about. We are not meant to be together as adults after everybody's established their own lifestyles, their own ways of doing things. We're not meant to come together for really long periods of time. We're just not. So that's something that would make me nervous. I mean, that was something that made me hugely nervous in the past because my alone time is how I study and I work and it's super important to me and I do it from the house, but it's not a problem anymore. I don't even, I don't, well, I'll explain that in a little bit. So um, let's see what else do we got here. When I have a lot going on. Okay, so... So as some of you know, I will be I will be doing a podcast episode on this for sure. Um, going to Cincinnati next week. I've never been there. It's the first time I'm going there because I decided I wanted to do something random and weird for my birthday. So me and my friend Sharon are going to Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I'm really excited about it. I recognize that a lot of people might not think of Cincinnati as a vacation destination, but it is more of an adventure and an exercise in mind management. So I'm waiting to see what happens and I can't wait. I know it's going to be perfect for me, but I just like, wait, where was I going with this? When I was trying to... Oh, so I have a lot going on, <laughs> um, preparing for that. So I'm trying to balance all of these things. And it's in the past that could make me really nervous. And, um, and it's not now. But again, when you have a lot going on, and a lot of people do on a regular basis every day of their lives, especially people like families, where they're all still in the home, or, you know, people in high pressure jobs, you always have stuff going on. So that has an impact on your nervous system in a major way. But we don't really talk about it that much. It's just like, oh, no, this is part of life. This is part of being in a family. It's part of having a career. And another thing that can make me um, a little nervous is traveling by myself. Um, I'm getting better at it because I've done it a few times now. But because of COVID, I stopped traveling really for a long time. And then I was just doing it with Bob when we would go to California. But now I'm really making a point of getting out there and doing things for myself. So, and honestly, sometimes just doing things for myself can make me nervous. The weirdest things. Um, going to the store on a day where I feel like I wish somebody was coming with me. Going anywhere. 
anywhere. I mean, I could get, I could come up with a million examples usually, but I can't right now. But anytime I have to do something by myself, it could be running to Home Depot to pick something up. I'll have resistance to doing things I don't feel like doing. That makes me a little nervous and then I don't want to do them. So right now I'm really working on just doing that stuff. So, okay, so I gave you a, a whole bunch of random shit that makes me nervous. And I explained to you how it's not really big stuff. We know the really big stuff. We see it, we acknowledge it, and we give it all the attention it needs. It's the random brain BS that we don't pay attention to that really play, you know, takes the biggest toll on our bodies on a daily basis. So that random brain BS comes from our subconscious programming. And I've talked about this before. So in our childhood and with our family, all the places that we worked growing up, you know, the schools we went to, all our life experiences contribute to our subconscious programming, but especially early in life. So we develop brain filters because of that subconscious programming and things that happen to us that give us a filter for how we look at life. And that filter is really our perspective, which is not objective. It's not possible for anybody to be objective because everything we look at is through the filter of our own life experience in our own brains. But what I want you to understand is that if you don't recognize this random brain BS, then you are being managed by your brain. You are not managing your brain, which means you are most likely creating results in your life that you do not want. Okay, let me say that one more time. If we want something in life, we can create it and it has to begin with our minds. The only way that we can do it is if we're conscious of what's going on in our minds and if we choose thoughts on purpose that trigger feelings that lead to actions to give us our results. When we're not doing that, we are being led by our subconscious programming, which means we are not actively, purposely choosing what we want to create in our lives. This can be very problematic and it can make a lot of us really miserable. And we start to believe this brain BS. We actually believe like, like, oh yeah, I really need to be nervous when I call to order flowers. <laughs> That's really legit, right? Like, what are they going to do? Like jump over the phone and hit me? Or like, what in the world is there to be nervous about? So I bring all this random stuff up to show you that my brain is not unique. There's nothing different and unusual about my brain compared to yours. We all have random brain BS. I'm just completely aware of mine now. Are you? Are you paying attention what comes up in your brain? What your brain's offering you? Or do you think it's you? Because I used to think, oh my God, I, what is wrong with me that I would get nervous ordering flowers? But now I know to say, Oh, isn't this interesting? My brain is offering me that I should be nervous ordering flowers. But I know better now, so that's not going to happen. And that's basically what I've done. I've been able to distance myself from my feelings because I've become the observer of my thoughts and I know I'm not my thoughts. Okay? Our brain's going to offer us about 60,000 thoughts a day. I say this all the time. The majority of them are not true. Now, today, we're not talking about whether they're true or not. We're talking about how they make you feel. And I'm talking about thoughts that make you feel nervous with no real reason why you need to feel nervous. 
So in order to combat that, you become aware that your thoughts are not you, that your brain's offering you these thoughts and you get to decide whether you want to buy into them or not. You can't keep your brain from offering the thoughts to you. They're going to come up whether you want them to or not. It could happen 50 million times that my brain's like, oh, time to get nervous. We're ordering flowers. But then 50 million times I just say, no, not going to happen. I'm not buying into that anymore. I don't get nervous when I order flowers anymore. So you see, and it works. Okay, this works because I do not get nervous when I go order flowers because they say, oh my gosh, this is so silly. It's coming up again. I'm not buying into it. And when you don't buy into it and you recognize that it's not something you want to believe anymore, you don't feel the feeling in your body anymore. It, it just, you just don't. You can actually cut it off. Sometimes it starts and I get the feeling and then I remember I'm not buying into it and I can stop the feeling. So that is what living consciously is. When you manage your brain on purpose to create the results you want. And when I do that, I create peace for myself when I order flowers and anything else that I'm going to do. So I just want you to think about this. I want you to think about all the things that you do. Get a pen and paper, write it down on a piece of paper. All the things that you do throughout the day and throughout a week that make you nervous. And I mean a little nervous. I'm not talking about major anxiety here. I mean that just make you a little off, makes you a little anxious, just a little, nothing, nothing major. And I want you to look at that list. And I want you to see how often it, it happens to you every day. It could be interactions with certain people. It could be interactions with family members. Um, that's a lot of it, actually. Uh, that's day-to-day -day life, right? So look at your day-to-day -day life, where your big stressors are. It, it was for me, one of the things was um, having to put away Bob's laundry. I just, I hated it. I didn't want to do it. It made me anxious. It made me nervous. And so I could have tried to distance myself from that and not feel that way. But I was like, oh no, actually, no, I want to keep this one. <laughs> I'm not doing his, I'm not folding his laundry. Well, I fold it, but I'm not putting his laundry away anymore. And I'm happy with that because I need to free up time to do the things I want to do. So, which brings up a good point. This isn't necessarily just about accepting anything that comes up in your brain and not making it a problem. You get to pick and choose because some things will make you nervous and you'll want them to make you nervous. And then that's an indication that you have some work to do on whatever it is that's making you nervous. That is your, when you feel anxiety and nerves in your body at whatever level, that is your body's way of telling you that you have something going in your mind, something going on in your mind that is not working for you, that's causing you distress, distress, and it's causing you um, suffering. So don't ignore your body. Don't ignore your feelings. But really become more aware. And I just like, I love Eckhart Tolle's A New Earth for explaining this. But he honestly, like barely sounds like he has a pulse when he's talking because he's so low key. So not everybody likes to listen to his books. And I know a lot of people when they read it, they just didn't quite it didn't quite resonate with them. And that happens sometimes because not everybody is ready to take that, the work to that level. So when you open up a new earth, he actually says if, if you open it and it's not really grabbing you right away and you're not really into it, just close it and come back to it in a couple years. Because if you are ready for it, you can't put it down. And that's how I was. 
it was like I love that book. I read it multiple times. It's kind of like a Bible for me. So I but I just love it because the main thing it taught me is that I'm not my thoughts. I'm the observer of my thoughts and I don't have to get caught up in the bullshit and the drama that mine try my mind tries to cause me on a regular basis. So hope you learned something valuable here today. See you next episode. Look me up. DM me on Facebook. Go to my website if you want to sign up for a free consult. The information's in the outro. Have a good day. If you like what you heard here today, I would really appreciate it if you would subscribe to the Brain BS Podcast, do a quick review, give me five stars, and share it with everyone you know. If you want to dig a little deeper, you can join me in the Brain BS page where I provide you with guidance and inspiration on how to manage your brain, and you can find that on Facebook. You can also subscribe to my Brain BS updates to gain access to the Brain BS forum where there are videos and worksheets to help you troubleshoot all things Brain BS. And you can sign up for a free 60-minute consult at www.thebrainbs.com to see what it would look like to coach with me and get all the details. 